we both pretty much agree that in like high trafficked areas, like a faucet or, you know, like whatever's being used a bunch, those need to be higher end so they can withstand use. Yeah. That's, that's sort of low hanging fruit when you're doing a renovation. It's like, I try to think about things that also have like, um, like a tactile interaction with the end user, like just little stuff like light switches, you know, like you might spend an extra like buck or two for a really nice like rocker light switch versus a cheap one. And like, you know, people probably aren't thinking about that, but like it sort of contributes to like an overall vibe. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. All right, friends, we got a new advertising partner for this podcast episode, and they're really cool, okay? So I want you to listen really closely to the ad read. It's a brand new company called Guest Guru. I explain a lot more later in the episode, so listen to the ad read, and then reach out to them at guestguru.ai if you're interested in trying their services, because they're giving Behind the Stays listeners their first home for free as part of their service, which you'll find out about more in the mid-episode ad read. So give it a listen, reach out to the folks at guestguru.ai, AI and tell them that Zach from Behind the Stays or Zach from Spontaneous sent you their way. All right, guys, enjoy the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Whitney and Andrew Bradbury, the creators of the Front Range A-Frame in Bailey, Colorado, just an hour outside of Denver. Whitney is a freelance marketer by trade, and her husband Andrew is a firefighter paramedic. Given their non-traditional jobs, the couple has always enjoyed tinkering on creative projects together. Whitney's father loved Colorado, and it's because of him that she fell in love with the mountains. So when he passed away unexpectedly after a battle with cancer, the couple thought it would be fitting to honor his legacy by creating a space for others to enjoy in a place that meant so much to him. In this episode of Behind the Stays, Whitney and Andrew discuss the best YouTube channels to tap into for DIY projects, the affordable design decisions that they made that landed them a feature by HGTV, and how to build a simple but beautiful website for your Airbnb that aligns with the brand story of your home. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Whitney and Andrew. All right, and we are live. Whitney, Andrew, how are you both doing today? We're really good. Yeah, good. Friday. Yeah. It's Friday. It is a Friday. Gosh, that's amazing. That's exciting. Yeah, I forgot. I feel I think I told you guys this, but I have like a my wife has my wife and I have a newborn. And so like, I feel like the days are just like all over the place. And oh, yeah, um, I bet. but oh, Friday. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Is it your first kid? It is. It is first kid. So yeah, we are that's great. Congrats. learning all the things. Um, and yeah. yeah, you know, sleep is, is I I've always been, I feel like I've said this like a thousand times on this podcast. People are going to get annoyed at this juncture. So this will be the last time I talk about it, but I used to be like, I I've always been like an eight hour, nine hour, like sleep guy, like straight. Like if yeah, I, perfect. if I don't get that, I am like, I'm just, you don't, you just don't want to be around me. And so it's been, yes. I, I thought like, I was like, I'm going to be like grumpy and cranky and like difficult to be around like all the time with this with this kid i don't know what happened but like 
I am not sleeping nearly as much as I would like to be sleeping, but uh, like, I don't feel that bad. So I don't know. I don't know if the adrenaline is still just like running and it hasn't, like, <laughs> I haven't come down. Sadly, high, yeah. I don't know. I imagine. Maybe you just kind of, your body's just like, okay, this is the new norm. But... Yeah, dude. But like no. the switch, the switch was so dramatic. I was like, I was convinced it was going to be like totally miserable. And like, granted, like yeah. I'm tired, but it's not, not nearly as bad as I thought. So Anyhow, um, <laughs> I am excited to talk with you both today, and we've been going back and forth for for a while, so it's like exciting to like finally get this opportunity to, to yeah. chat. Um, you both we are, finally did it. We finally did it. We finally did it. Um, <laughs> you both uh, are the creators of the Front Range A Frame, which is this really cool, like beautifully renovated A Frame in in Bailey, Colorado, which I guess is like just about like an hour outside of Denver. And I yeah. I, I really want to hear like where where the story of of your a-frame starts so i don't know whitney if you want to kick it off or andrew but yeah. where where does the story begin yeah well um we 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 bought it um a couple coming up on three years ago um we had already we had already done one renovation this house that we're in right now is kind of our first house okay um, and we were looking, we were looking for a house in a very competitive market for a long time. And we knew that we wanted a house that we could renovate. Um, I was admittedly like super naive to the amount of work that it took and also the limited amount of skills and knowledge that I actually had to do it. But when you close on a mortgage like that, you're just kind of, your hand is forced and you just have to kind of get on YouTube and figure it out. Um, He's good at that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And we, through that process, kind of realized that her skill set and my skill set really dovetail in pretty well together that I could, you know, she comes from a very creative background. She studied art in college. Um, She has like just this incredibly, well, she's incredibly naturally talented with interior design. Yeah. Um, And I'm just kind of like the hand that can make it happen, (laughs) you know? Um, And so, yeah, like we, um, we have been kind of plinking our way through this house and we wrapped it up um, for the most part, you know, a a few years ago and we were, we were looking for another creative outlet. Um, Mm. I think that it was important for us that it wasn't just going to be like any old, any old house. Um, we, We love the nostalgia of the a-frame design um and you know we just sort of had our ear to the ground and we were keeping an eye out for it um it you know and then our search was sort of derailed by um her dad getting sick and so um her dad became sick with cancer and kind of had a long battle and unfortunately um unfortunately he died of cancer um which is, which is terrible, but Jeez. in full, disclo- in full disclosure, it's his life insurance money is how we were able to make it happen. So the, the whole thing kind of came full circle. Um, and, and because of that, it's just a, it's a very sentimental and a very like meaningful place to us. So yeah, we really kind of, when we, when we closed on it and we started the renovation, we just really wanted to kind of pour our heart and soul into, into what we did there. So but I still feel like we're slightly delusional about how much work a renovation's gonna take. Oh, when we, totally. Yeah. Even though now this is the second renovation. Yeah. Renovation, I still feel like we're like, oh, this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It. You know, the old the old saying is true. It's like you um, don't 
double your budget and triple your timeline. And that's, <laughs> and I'm still just like, you know, have like a pie in the sky sort of budget. And I just still just kind of never seem to meet it, but yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, Whitney, I am so sorry for, for your loss. That was, that, that yeah. couldn't have been easy. Uh, I mean, death is, is never easy. Um, but especially when you're walking with somebody through sort of like a, a, a real long and, and, and arduous process and, and everyone, everyone's like, you know, battle with cancer looks different, but, um, it's, it's never easy, especially for the people that, you know, you love and care about the most. So I'm, I'm very, very sorry for your loss, but like, what a cool, what a cool way to sort of like honor your father's like legacy, um, in the context of like a home, something that you both can like visit and your family can visit and, and, you know, uh, share memories in like I, I bet that that's you know from from above or or, or wherever you know I, I bet that that's very um meaningful and 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 special to him yeah I think so I mean I fell in love with Colorado because of him so it feels really appropriate that we found a little cabin in the mountains of Colorado too yeah so yeah it's a totally special place to us for so many reasons and that's the number one reason yeah yeah um if if anybody happens to be listening that's stayed at Front Range A-Frame, there's some skis kind of hung up uh, in the master bedroom, some old nostalgic skis. Those are those are his. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so that's like that's kind of our homage to to him. And yeah, we definitely think about him every day that we stay there. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. Uh, it's a, a really, really cool, beautiful uh, story. So everyone's talking about ChatGPT, but there's actually a new AI tool that just hit the market that I think short-term rental hosts should care even more about. Meet Guest Guru, the first fully automated, AI-powered conversational tool for guest communications. Guest Guru integrates with your Airbnb or verbal listing and automatically answers those questions like, what's the Wi-Fi password? Or where can I find the lockbox? And can I bring my dog? That way, you don't have to. But get this, it does so by matching the tone and communication style of your guest. So if they use emojis, Guest Guru will also use emojis. If they are a four exclamation points per sentence kind of person, well, Guest Guru will also match or beat their enthusiasm. Now, you might be thinking that this is too good to be true, right? Or that Guest Guru can only answer basic questions. But that, friends, is where you'd be wrong. Guest Guru learns with every message that you exchange with a guest or a prospective guest. And once you answer a question like, what's the best place near you to score an all-you-can-eat breadsticks that isn't Olive Garden once, Guest Guru will remember this query and be able to answer it without pinging you the next time one of your guests is a restaurant chain hater. Anytime Guest Guru doesn't know the answer to something, you'll immediately receive an email and or an SMS text inviting you to jump into and take over the conversation. Guest Guru is offering Behind the Stays listeners and Spontaneous Host members their first property totally free when you sign up at guestguru.ai and mention that you heard about them from us. So discover how AI can help alleviate you from answering the same dozen questions every guest asks so that you can have more time to better your guest experience in other, more productive and rewarding ways. Sign up at guestguru.ai and be sure to tell them that you heard about them from Spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. All right, folks, back to the show. I do want to ask, Andrew, so um, one of the things that 
some of the feedback I've been getting from folks recently, um, when they, you know, write in or, or send us a DM on Instagram about, about the shows, they're like, Hey, you bring in all these people. They all seem like they know what they're doing. And like, they somehow found all this money and they somehow found all this talent and all these skill sets. Like <laughs> how, how, like, how are these p- people actually doing these things? Is everyone just like, you know, super talented and super rich and I'm just like the odd man out. And so like, I, I want to ask you like, when, when you were trying to figure out how to do these renovations, like, do you remember like what you Googled on YouTube or what you Googled on YouTube, yeah. what you searched on YouTube, um, specifically around like elements of, of the renovation that were, that were more challenging? Like what, what, what's something that you learned from YouTube that surprised you or that was like, especially helpful in the context of the renovation? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I can't even like describe what the learning curve is like from the first renovation to the second one, because like, I, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent in like a Home Depot aisle, just like Googling, like, you know, like code on a particular thing or like which fittings go together. And so to like have that experience going into a next one, I I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't claim to be an expert. You know, I think that a lot of people do this or just like, Oh yeah. Like I've got the knowledge. Like I said, I'm just dumb enough to try it. It's the thing, Um, (laughs) but, but it, it is really refreshing going into the second one and like already being armed with a lot of just the super boring knowledge that a lot of your listeners like probably don't even care about. Just like, you know, there's like different types of like, you know, pipe thread that go together in plumbing and that sort of thing. So, um, I am a bit of a perfectionist, like to a fault sometimes, like, um, so yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, a good friend of mine that helped me out a lot with this renovation that, um, he's renovated several of his own houses. And I, I, I remember the very last day, I'm just like, just filling in every last nail hole and buttoning up every last thing. And he just starts moving my tools out. He's like, you're done. <laughs> like this project's <laughs> over. I'm like, no, there's more stuff to do. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, just like the, the learning curve from, from one to two is, is pretty drastic. You can actually invest your time into doing the renovation instead of learning how to do it, which, which is pretty key, especially, you know, when you're, um, you know, paying on a mortgage during that renovation and not taking income there's, you know, I definitely felt the pressure of a bit of a timeline. Cause it's just like at a certain point, you know, we're just sort of out of money and we need to start making it. So yeah. do you, <laughs> you know. do you guys remember, like, were there specific, uh, accounts or, or like, I don't even know if they call them like creators in this space, probably not, but just like, you, you know, YouTube accounts that you thought were like, especially helpful during, during your first renovation. Like, do you, is there anything that like comes to mind? Like, oh my gosh, this person doing this thing on, on YouTube was like super helpful. Yeah. You know, one guy that I've followed, um, from the beginning on YouTube, um, he's more of a carpenter, but just kind of a jack of all trades. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know if it's like that I've learned the most from him or just like, I love just like the concept of his channel, but it's called essential craftsman. Um, and it's this guy named Scott Wadsworth, who is just an old timer carpenter in Oregon. And I think like, he just had all of these tips and tricks that his like adult son was just like, dad, like people, people need to see this, you know, <laughs> like you just like, I mean, like I've, I've learned a lot from him. And since I started to, since I started to follow him like years and years ago, like they've had great success on YouTube and even did like an entire video series that took them, 
years where they built a like a spec house and detailed every single component of building a home from start to finish like you know from you know doing a survey and hiring an architect all the way through like trim and paint and dry you know wow like all the way through the very end and um so yeah that's a that's a super cool channel you know they don't touch on every single component of kind of specialty trades like plumbing and um electric and stuff like that but um but a good like general resource for for folks if 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 they're interested. Yeah, totally. And it's just like if you're into home renovation, it's just super entertaining. They're great creators. So, yeah, essential craftsmen. Essential craftsmen. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um so so Whitney, you are a freelance marketer and writer and and Andrew, if I remember correctly, you are a what you are an EMS uh EMT paramedic. Yeah. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a a uh, firefighter paramedic for firefighter a kind of Denver area fire department. Okay, so you guys both have jobs that I, w- I would imagine are not constricted to the traditional sort of like nine to five. You have some flexibility. Also, you know your your schedules are, are I'm sure a little bit all over the place. So I'm curious, like how how that helped and or hurt sort of your 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 ability to to build the front range aid frame, like. Was was the flexibility that you all have with your time? If if you hadn't had that flexibility, would have, would you have been able to do this this build? Like, was it actually a lot harder because you have like schedules that are a little bit like inconsistent? Or talk to us a little bit about how you how you balance your your day jobs with uh, with the build. Well, I definitely agree with that it makes it more doable by having a more flexible schedule. I think Andrew probably should speak on this again because he was the one that put it together and his schedule is 4896. So he has two days on and four days off. And so that helps. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like Whitney said, I, I work for a 48 hour shift and then yeah. I leave work and I get four days off. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the learning curves of this project was like, I sort of realized towards the end that I was really kind of burning the candle from both ends. And like, I would go to, I'd go to work and I'd work my 48 hour shift. And then every single four day, I would probably work 50 hours or more on the A-frame. And, um, again, like I had like a good friend that was experienced with renovation that was even telling me at the time, he's like, dude, you need to just take like even an hour or two for yourself, like in the morning, get some exercise (laughs) or whatever. And, I, like I said, I just kind of felt that pressure of paying a mortgage and not having any income every month. And so yeah. I really just went pretty, pretty hard charging on this project for five or six months. And, um, I would, I, you know, I would even argue that if you just take some of that, <clears throat> take some of that time to do something for yourself, you're going to be even more productive in a work sure. day if you are doing a renovation. Um, but no, you're, you're totally right. I, like, I don't think that if I worked a nine to five schedule and I could only devote the weekends to it, that I would have been able to, to do it because, um, the firefighter work schedule just, um, you know, allows a lot of time off. Like a lot of people in our industry have second jobs. I mean, it's probably more common than not you yeah. know, that somebody's working on some other kind of side hustle. And it's just like amazing. Like the type of stuff that people come up with, I was just working with a guy, um, two days ago that has like a humongous like stage production company and he like does stuff all over the country and has huh. like 46 employees <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's a firefighter 
and he's a and he's a firefighter paramedic yeah wow. and he, wow. you know just kind of like is like i'm available for that two-thirds of my life and i'm a firefighter paramedic one-third of my life wow so. wow that's amazing yeah. Oh gosh. Very, yeah. Very, very cool. I, I always love hearing like what people in this space do for, for like their day jobs. Cause it, it like varies so dramatically, but it, but what I love about it is it, it just, I think shows people that any, you know, so many different people, regardless of kind of like what you do, uh, what you do for, for your, your primary work life can get into this space, can build really cool things and it can be this sort of this like side hustle, this this way to, you know, not just make additional income, but also, as you guys mentioned earlier, have like a really meaningful creative outlet. Right. Um, and yeah, yeah. to have a creative outlet that, you know, hopefully is also a, a financial asset. Right. Um, I, I do want to yeah. ask because you, you mentioned this a couple of times. So you guys, you when when did you buy the home and then like how long did renovations take? And like, when, when did you open it up for your first guest? Like, what is, what is that like rough timeline? Our timeline, I will say just before we get into that was so off. We were like, we'll take two months and we'll get it all done. And (laughs) (laughs) it took us like six months. Yeah. Um, I think that we, we bought it in the fall of 2020. So it it was like a COVID project. It was a COVID project. Yeah. Um, And our, timeline at the beginning um was a little skewed because i think that we um we didn't intend on doing a full renovation at first you know i think when we bought it we were like we're just going to knock out kind of the the bottom floor and the you know the top floor is um kind of good enough and then we realized pretty early on that we would never like turn off a revenue stream once it was going to like like okay let's throw some more money at this place and, yeah yeah you know, and, and do the upstairs too. So, well, there was also just projects that we weren't anticipating, like needing a full rewiring of electric and things like that. And once you start opening up walls, you might as well open all of them. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So about, so about six months from like time you buy the home, you get yeah. the renovations yeah. done till to when your first guest arrives and you, you guess that you know this was going to be done in a couple of months so you know three times longer than you know you thought which which again <laughs> i think is is helpful for people to remember that like hey as you're as you're planning this just just maybe maybe we'll just call this kind of like whitney's rule where like, you just you just triple <laughs> just triple yeah. the timeline in your head okay. and that way yeah. and that way if it's less than that you've won right like oh, if totally. it's only yeah. four months hey you're you are ahead of schedule right uh yeah. i think that that's one thousand percent it would have given andrew also less pressure to feel like we have to get this done because we're already past the deadline we had set ourselves so yeah that was a big learning lesson for sure. Yeah, but but I but that pressure that you're talking about, Andrew, is is so real, and so many people feel that it's like, hey, I've got you know presumably my my primary residence mortgage, also <laughs> this this additional mortgage, and if that's not if if we're not bringing in, in cash to kind of supplement that, all of a sudden like you guys are eating ramen every night, right? And you know <laughs> totally. switching off all the lights yeah. and canceling all your Netflix subscriptions because like yeah. you know you you have to, it's it's expensive, and and this is right. like a, a reality that I feel like not a lot of people talk about, but. Again, if you go in with the mindset of like, hey, this is going to take, if you plan for three times as long as you think it's going to take, budget for that appropriately. Maybe that does take a little bit of that pressure off as you get into the, as you get into the reno. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, in all honesty, like it, the, the previous owners also had this on Airbnb. Okay. Um, like before it was renovated. And of course, like we, we knew that it was, it was going to do better after the renovation and Whitney was going to 
knock it out of the park with promoting it and creating a really nice brand strategy. And so it felt like a very safe investment for us. And yeah. um, the, like I said, the previous homeowners were kind enough to actually talk to us about some of the numbers and what they were bringing in. So like there was a finish line at like, I would have been a nervous wreck if I just had no clue whether or not it was going to work or not, <laughs> but I think we yeah. had good confidence that like when we did open it up, like we were at least going to be able to pay the bills, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, but nonetheless, did you guys, um, sorry, just to, to clarify, because I, I, this, I didn't realize it was, it was the home was previously listed on Airbnb. Was that a big, like, did you guys go specifically searching for properties that were already vacation rentals or was this just like by happenstance? No, it was just an A-frame that <laughs> I was like, <laughs> ah, I love that. So, but once we dug into it, you know, we used like air DNA and at the time there was a lot less in the area to compare it to. Yeah. And especially for what I felt, I was like, this is not just your normal rental. I'm going to make this different. Yeah. And how do I compare that? So having even just a starting point of them having it as an Airbnb definitely helped, helped the process, but it wasn't, we weren't looking for that. It just, it just happened to be. So Yeah. On, on that note, just a, a quick like plug for uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Alex Breen, he has a newsletter called uh, B&B Buyer. And what he does is he specifically goes and he like curates uh, uh, real estate listings that that are being used as vacation rentals already. And I do I feel like for for some folks who are who are just starting out to your point, Andrew, too, like if you if you are like a little bit more risk averse or you're nervous or whatever it is, it could be really interesting to go find a property that is already being used as, as a vacation rental, buy it. And then if you've got, you know, a partner in crime like Whitney who can come and like turn this place mm. into this like magical like West Elm retreat and then some, <laughs> you know, like then, then, yeah. then like you can be like, oh, wow, if, if, if it's already bringing in this roughly, right? Like we, we add all these amenities, cool. Like, and, and it makes the math a lot easier. Um, and so anyways, yeah. quick shout out for, for his newsletter. If you guys aren't, if anyone's not subscribed to that, I, I highly recommend it. It's a super simple news that it comes out, I think, once a week. Um, and it's got like, you know, 10 of his favorite sort of like opportunities in across the country. So um, but anyways, cool. So, Whitney, I, I want to hear I want to hear about like how you you're clearly, you know, the the creative uh, genius behind uh, uh, behind <laughs> the renovation. Um, talk to us a little bit about your background and how that helped give you sort of like the the confidence, the the skill set needed to to transform this this A-frame into into this you know, the beautiful, uh, space that it is today. Well, thank you. First of all, I, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my background, I went to school for, to be an art teacher and then I landed in marketing afterwards. That's a whole different podcast story, but I, um, have always really appreciated the creative side of things. And I really didn't think that interior design was my thing until we had to renovate our own house. And I was making all of these decisions and I was like, Oh, I actually love this. This is a, a creative outlet for me. And that's just that I enjoy. And I think I'm decent at. Um, so I think the two ways I, you know, the A-frame both the creative side, like I, I loved bringing designing the A-frame and having like a vision for it. And it was mostly somehow Andrew figured it out, even though it was like a Pinterest board in my brain. And I'd be like, <laughs> we're going to have the kitchen here and this is where this is going. And somehow Andrew was always like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is with my marketing background, just from the very beginning, I wanted people to be in, 
involved in the process. I wanted to share what it was like. I shared like the whole timeline, how much longer it took us. I'd say, I, you know, I'd be like, help. We're trying to figure out what color tile to use here. Please like weigh in. And so I, um, I think we did a pretty good job of building an audience and, and getting people engaged with the A-frame even before it launched, which also helps build some confidence that when you do launch, you're, you're not just like throwing it out there into the universe and hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I'm always curious about um, about folks that do this, uh, where, where they document sort of like their their build or or their renovation again before before it's even opened. Uh, like, I wonder if like how do you balance sort of seeking feedback and input from folks while also being like, well, if I just build this exactly like everyone else's, it's it, it's gonna lose like, you know, uh the unique kind of like wow factor. And like there's there, you know, there are there are design trends that that come and go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's there's certainly a, a design trend right now around creating these like beautiful, like minimalist, like Scandinavian type like, you know, retreats and escapes and whatnot. And I'm curious, like, how how did you balance the what you might what you quote unquote should do because people are saying that this is like what is trending right now in interior design versus like what you really felt like you needed to do to protect like the character or like the 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 unique brand of of your space. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I think there were certain decisions that we just worked through ourselves, and so the design of it overall was something that Andrew and I chose together. And then when it came to what I was asking our audience for input on, it was more like, what color do you prefer Mm. over, you know, tell me what this design overall should look like. So I think that helped a lot and still helped. I mean, it helped me make decisions, but it also was fun to hear people's opinions. One of the, one thing that we did that was pretty controversial is, painting our walls white the wood walls downstairs, and that was a pretty like 50 50 don't paint them you're ruining (laughs) a frame and then other people were like i don't i don't know and so that was an interesting one and ultimately we just had to go with what we felt was right for the space um for what it's worth i love it and i feel like when i as i was scrolling through your photos i was like whoa like that was unexpected um and and it works really really well so i yeah not not that you yeah, guys but I love you know I, I do love the I did love the wood but it was it just brightened 
that area up so much. So I'm glad we did it, but it was a terrifying decision and there were some <laughs> strong opinions about it. And if I, you know, what, you know, I have very little involvement in design and nine times out of 10, Whitney and I, she, you know, she just kind of creates something and I'm like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Occasionally, you know, she'll just like get on one of those trends and I'm just like, that looks great right now. In two years, it's going to be crazy, you know? <laughs> so like every once in a it's while, true. he just, talks me down sometimes. I'll just throw the flag and just say, maybe we'll pick something a little more timeless, you know, yeah, but yeah. That, that's that's pretty rare. I think like the vast majority of the time we're we're on the same page. Yeah. Speaking speaking of uh, design, I when I was I was googling you guys and googling the A frame uh, ahead of this chat, and I stumbled upon this uh, HGTV article that actually like featured yeah. featured your A frame, and they talk specifically about like some of your budget friendly like design decisions that that you made. So I'm curious, just for for those tuning in, like. How how did you think about design and renovations on a budget? What, what like what were some things that you compromised on, and then like what were some things that you that you decided not to compromise on, and, and maybe splurge a little bit more on? Yeah, well, I think the first thing to say about that is it's easier to justify a splurge when you're doing all the work yourself because you're already saving so much by just doing the project yourself. So That's true. Yeah, there were definitely things that were like, well, we're not paying for this, so we could we can technically splurge a little bit. Um, I, I feel like I, I'm really, the areas I splurge are like with comfort. I, I did not, I splurged on the couch, the bedding, all of that. Um, I try to bring in pieces for smaller spaces, like our bathroom that are a little bit more high end because I, it's already a small space and I want it to feel elevated. Yeah. Um, we're pretty, we both pretty much agree that in like high trafficked areas, like a faucet or, you know, like whatever's being used a bunch, those need to be higher end so they can withstand use. Yeah. That's, that's sort of low hanging fruit when you're doing a renovation. It's like, I try to think about things that also have like, um, like a tactile interaction with the end user, like huh. Just little stuff like light switches, you know, like you might spend an extra like buck or two for a really nice like rocker light switch versus a cheap one. And like, you know, people probably aren't thinking about that, but like it sort of contributes to like an overall vibe, you know, and like things like Whitney said, like the like the kitchen faucet is something that just turns on and off just like, you know, 50 times a day. So yeah. why why not just go with nicer hardware that won't leak and you know, feels really nice and looks really nice. So, um, you know, I, I would they, say, Oh, I, just to add on to that real fast, like, since you're talking about the, 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 the kitchen sink faucet, I also think just like sinks in general, as somebody who like lived on like Airbnb for like a year and a half, when we were like looking through photos, if we saw like, maybe this is so strange and weird, but like if we saw like a cool, like, like a farmhouse sink or like, you know, some cool, like, you know, nicer, like elevated sink or, or like an antique sink that was like used for, for whatever reason that communicated to me that, Oh, somebody thought about like the design of this space. Hmm. Yeah. I have no idea why, but for me it was the sinks. It was the sinks. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, the, the kitchen is kind of the centerpiece of a house and then the sink is like the worst, the workhorse of the kitchen. So (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, you know, I, I know that I'm talking a lot about the renovation, um, there were some things that we splurged on that people would never even see or know or probably care about, you know, that pertain to safety. Mm. Like, 
you know, I mean, like, um, like redoing all the electric in the house, for example, like, and especially being a firefighter, it was really important to me to have like, um, like kind of a higher level of electrical safety. So, um, the, the panel was rewired with breakers that have arc fault protection, for example. And, um, you know, just kind of, you know, there's just 50, 60 years of just like kind of hack home renovations, you know, you just want to pull all that out and hit the reset button and do everything right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the perfectionist. In her yeah. It's a perfectionist <laughs> yeah. In you. yeah. But perfectionist, yeah. it's hard for perfectionists to work on a budget. So like, that's why, that's yeah. why I'm curious. Cause like, so like what, what are some things that you guys felt like, you know, we could have done more, like we could have spent more here. Um, and we wanted to, but we decided to, to save a little bit. I think we probably always feel that way a little bit with flooring like we're we found like a pretty durable um yeah like a like a plank just kind of a pop and lock luxury vinyl flooring yeah i you know if i had my choice i would always love like hardwood floors and probably go bigger on that but that's just one of those areas where we're like this is good enough and like yep yeah (laughs) yeah it it looks good it feels good and you know, it's, I'm sure that we could have spent twice as much, but flooring for the entire house is a huge cost. Yeah, I bet. So if, you get, if you can get one that's, you know, I don't even remember how much it was, but say like, you know, five bucks instead of six. I mean, over the whole house, that saves a ton of money. Yeah. 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 And how, and how I think we do that with tile too. We're okay. like, if it's a small space, I'll splurge on tile. And if it's a bigger space, I try to find a tile that's similar to like the more expensive version that I really loved. So I think that's another place where I always like, okay, we could probably, we don't need to spend $10 at square. a square, square foot. foot yeah. whatever, so. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's super helpful. Um, So I, I want to talk a little bit about how you all have thought about the like brand strategy and, and marketing of, of, of your home, because that's one of the, you know, that's how I found you guys. Uh, Whitney, yeah. I know that I've mentioned this over, over email, but I, I look at like a lot of direct booking sites or a lot of host websites. And, um, off, uh, unfortunately I, I feel like some of the best hosts who have like incredible Instagrams and whatnot, their websites just suck. Like they, they're just like, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. you know, they're either way too simple or like way too complex yet. They find, they found a way, like they clearly have like a nice eye cause they have a beautiful Instagram, but like somehow they just don't know anything <laughs> about website design and whatnot. You obviously have a marketing background, so I'm sure that helped a bit, but like, Talk to, talk to us about how you thought about the brand and, and marketing strategy uh, for for your A-frame. Thank you. I am, um, you know, especially with the website, that was one of the first things I did. And the way I saw that was you're landing on Instagram, but you still have questions like, can I bring my dog? What, it, you know, what, how much space is in here? Why do you have a two night minimum? And so for me, the website in a really simple, simplistic way is just a, a place to expand on anything that we're covering. So I've really used it for that. And just if anyone wants to dive in and be like, what did the before and after look like? Or um, at some point, hopefully we're doing our own direct booking. And so it'll link to that. So that's what I use our website for. Overall branding, I... What is my strategy? I can tell you this for any brand I work for, but for myself, it's always a struggle. Um, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's two things. I really wanted it to be community focused, so I I really try to just like be a good steward to our community and bring in you know artwork from 
are from the Bailey area or working with different people in the area and highlighting their businesses. So that's one thing. And then I just like, I'm an upfront person. I like to share the behind the scenes look of hosting the challenges. Like, what does it take to when somebody check, says, can I have a late checkout last minute? Like, what are all the steps I have to do for you to have a late checkout? I want people to know those behind the scene moments. So I think between like from the start, from saying like, what color should we do here to like where we're at now? It's a little bit of, you know, pretty A-frame things, but also like, this is what it's like to be a host. Yeah. We're still figuring out as we go. Yeah. This is what it's like behind the scenes for guests. This is, you know, just trying to educate people and and help people feel like they they know it's a real person behind this yeah. account. And yeah. we're like, we're in it for because we care about this. And yeah. so that's probably my big goal. When you were when you were getting started, were you like, did you from the get-go know that you were gonna start an Instagram? account for for the a-frame like had you followed other people were there any accounts that you like had had followed long before you had actually acquired your home or was it like hey uh we got the home we're doing these renovations oh we should get an instagram account like at at what point were you exposed to sort of like you know the the community of of hosts um that that are on instagram like when did that happen yeah i mean i always knew that that was just instinctual for me to start an Instagram account. And I had been kind of sharing the journey of our first home remodel. So I was following a lot of different accounts that were doing kind of do do it yourself projects around yeah. their homes. And so that's kind of where I started. And then as I've gotten more into hosting, I've started following other hosts that have were like, thanks for visiting. And, and those folks who yeah. have that experience and, I for being a good host, but also having like a a quality rental. So I would say I kind of just brought in my own personality and then have learned from a lot of other hosts and like really built that community over time. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I I think you've done a, you've done a really, uh, a really good job at at doing just, just that I, on your website in particular, I love, you have this like drop a hint, um, form, which is, which is really cool. Like there's, there are a lot of hosts, you know, the ones that do have websites will have like a, you know, sign up for like deals or sign up for, you know, to be for the newsletter or whatever. And you've done like a, as, as you know, being a great marketer, you've thought through like the copy and like, okay, what, what copy might be a little bit more compelling for folks to convert on. And I lo- like, I love the drop a hint thing. I also just love the fact that, um, you, f- you, you nailed, uh, you, as you mentioned before, you you showcase kind of like the local community, but you do a really good job of like, simply communicating kind of about the stay and around the stay without being overwhelming and or without again just having like one long page like i i feel like people should just like be able to buy your website template um and clone (laughs) it and like apply their personal brand because it really does have freelance i mean there you go there you go it is it is exactly what i think short-term rental hosts who are serious about building their brand should have. It's it's simple, it's clear, it's commu- it's very easy to navigate, it's beautifully designed. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think you should find a way to sell that template. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. And I, like, quickly, I would just say that I've done a lot of website builds and one of the things that I always try, I'm always trying to cut down on content for brands as well. And I'm always just like, what is the point of this page? <laughs> what is your call to action? Like, let's get to the point. So I think that's just when you're, when you're trying to decide, do I need this page or not? Think about what the, 
what the point of it is and what the call to action is for your user on the other end to say like, how's it helping them? So. Yeah. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I do, I do want to ask because you you brought this up um, before, and I do I'm always I'm always like interest like intrigued I guess is 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 a better word around hosts like you who you guys have built this great brand. You um, have, you know, obviously a, a beautiful product, right? Which is, which is this remarkable place. Um, why, why haven't you started a direct booking site? And or like, is it really just a time thing? Like, what, like, yeah. what, what's the reason behind you've you've done the, you know, the hard work of also cultivating this audience? Granted, you know, many of them are other Airbnb hosts, but like, there's probably a lot of uh, you know travelers or local people in the area that also follow your account. So, talk to us about like why you haven't started a direct booking site. Um, and, you know, as you think about possibly starting one in, in the future, what are what are some of like the considerations or like the, the questions that you're asking yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the, if you could see all the tabs open on my computer right now, you would see that I'm in the middle of building a direct booking site. Ah, there you um, go. Okay. So we're definitely doing it. It's taken a while for a few reasons. One, it takes a minute to get the hang of being a host, I think. So Airbnb is a really safe place that's already doing a lot of the marketing for you to just say, okay, let's get this on here. Let's figure out how to do this well, and then let's go from there. So for me, it was really about just trying to understand how to be a good host. Huh. And then once we got past that, okay, how do we how do we utilize like the marketing and our emails and and build our own direct booking site? Because we know guests are coming back, so like they can save money. What do what do we do? And so. I mean, I've just spent a lot of time feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the process because there's pricing differences, there's setup fees. Some yep. of them don't have setup fees. Those are the things that have like really stopped me in the last few months from um, just like making it happen. Is trying to figure out what do I need to connect this to? How does that work with the current website? Um, yeah, I think just the the details are overwhelming. Yeah. and it's I, you know I'm my evenings currently are just spent taking a little piece of it and working on it and then like putting it away and then coming back to it. So it's well, happening. It's just slow. And it's hard. Cause a lot of, a lot of these platforms, like they're, they're full fledged, like PMS systems and like the direct booking, like if you're using like a, you know, like a guestie or like a, like an uplisting or like one of these other, uh, great PMSs, they're, they're so comprehensive with their product offerings that like the direct booking, uh, feature is, is just one component, right? Like it's just, yeah. it's just one 
one of the products um, uh, in in their line. And I think that that's that's another reason why it's so overwhelming is because like oftentimes in order to set up the direct booking site in these systems, you have to set up like your comflows, uh, your your email communications in in the, in their PMS system. You have to make sure it's connected to Airbnb and Verbo and all these other OTAs that you might want to also connect with. So. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely hard, and I, I don't feel like there's like a great one-off solution for direct booking sites that don't also require you to like buy a, a PMS, a full-fledged PMS, unless you're unless you're willing and, and able to build something in-house. Yeah, you know, I thought at first that it was not going to be for us unless we had multiple properties, and at this point, I do think it's the right direction for us to move, but it it like you just said, it's a, it's a lot. And if you do only have one property, it doesn't feel like it was, they're totally set up for that just to make it easy on you. It seems like it's for larger property managers. Um, and so trying to, to block out the noise and figure out what exactly I need to do to get it set up for just one rental has been like a process, but we're getting there. One step at a time, one step (laughs) at a time. Well, a couple, a couple final questions for you guys. One is around, since we're already talking about this, like, Talk, talking about like growth, like are you are you all sort of like whoa, like we are we're we're done with renovating properties. We don't we're kind of like a a one and done kind of a frame kind of people. Uh, are you are you interested in sort of like growing your your collection of homes? Like how how do you think about the next couple of years? Well, first of all, I think that we, well, not Andrew, I come with a new (laughs) idea weekly and he's like, calm down. This is crazy. (laughs) But I think, um, so I am always looking for the next opportunity, but we're very much, we want to be really thoughtful about it. We want to make sure it's the right fit for us. We want some, if we're going to do another short-term rental, it needs to be a unique experience. It needs to be like a good fit for the community um we've also been talking about like where's our next home so that could be Mm. the next project we don't know we're just kind of we're not sure but you know i'm i'm sure that we i'm sure that we will we don't have anything like in the works right now um but we've always got our ear to the ground and we're always looking always looking for something we've kind of been exploring um maybe like like building a little something too and like like whitney said it's we're not just going to buy kind of any, any house, like, I think that it has to be a really unique experience for people that come stay there. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure if that means another A-frame or something different, yeah. um, but yeah, we, we've definitely got our ear to the ground. We're looking to do something else. Yeah. In terms, in terms of sort of like where we're at right now. So you, you opened, let's see, probably would have been spring or summer of 2021. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so April. That's when you, yeah. April. So when you first started hosting, so since, since April of 2021, when when you when you guys think about uh, the front range a frame as purely sort of like an investment, has it performed better than expected? About the same as you kind of expected? Has it has it underperformed? Like as you as you kind of just look at where we're at in history right now. Obviously, these homes are like longer term investments, but like right now in this particular moment in time, like how how do you think about the the investment of of the a frame? Question. Yeah, no, that is a good question. I I mean, it's. Uh, like it's, ex- it's exceeded what, what I was expecting for sure. And I, it's funny. I remember having like conversations with Whitney, like when we were closing on the property and doing the renovation about occupancy rate and like what we were kind of shooting for and what we thought was ideal. And it's, you know, as you're kind of getting started, you're always adjusting like the nightly rate and, and stuff, and just trying to figure that out. It's like, 
I remember reading things like, and again, I'm, I'm no expert when he's the expert, but I remember reading things that would say like, you want to shoot for an 80% occupancy rate. Yes. Um, and we actually, we actually found with pricing that there was a couple like hidden things, um, such as like, like if you, if you don't charge enough money, you're going to attract like maybe like kids that want to come party, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Charge too much money. There's like also some kind of negative ramifications of maybe people just like, like expecting too much, you know? And yeah. And so there is kind of a sweet spot with pricing. Um, Yeah. I mean, but like long story short, I do think we've, even though it has slowed down a little bit in the last few months and I've definitely seen a shift in um, bookings and more last minute bookings, it's still, it's still exceeding our expectations, I think. But it's for sure because of how much attention we put into it is probably more of a long-term investment than like anything short that's for sure but and just to like add on what we've been saying like this whole time like I actually have several co-workers that also run Airbnbs and I was having a conversation with one of them a couple months ago and he's like man how's yours doing I don't have any bookings and this and that and I was kind of showing him some pictures from our Instagram account and he's like oh my god you guys have an Instagram account I'm like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we also have like a website and like, you know, and like a ma- like an email list and yeah. also like so I I attribute like 100% of that to to Whit- to Whitney. Like she's she's really kind of set us up from success from from day one. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is which is so smart, and like you know, again, you're you'll be way ahead of the curve, but by the time that everyone else realizes, like, oh, like this is this is the future as Airbnb fees and and just other OTA fees continue to increase too. There's going to be more interest, more aggressive interest, I would say, for folks thinking about like, how do I do this whole direct booking thing, right? Um, but and again, like I, I love Airbnb just so just so we're clear too, and I think like it is it is incredible service for for guests, also for hosts to get started. As you guys mentioned too, it, it's it's a wonderful place to like, literally, you can create your listing one night and then a few days later you could have your first guest, and that's that's magic. Like that is really 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 oh, really yeah. cool. Um, but but yeah, I, I appreciate what you said too, um, Andrew, about like occupancy rates and pricing. Because I do feel like, especially when you're early on, you, you go, you read a couple articles, or you listen to a couple podcasts like this, and then you just have a number in your mind. You're like, oh, well, anything you know less than this is successful. And yet, so much really does depend on like what kind of experience did you create? Is it unique? Right? Is it is it just a you know townhouse in the suburbs, which is also okay. If it's a townhouse in the suburbs, you might not be able to kind of expect the same sort of returns as you do on a beautiful A-frame, right? In in Bailey, Colorado, right? That's been, you know, totally renovated and designed. So I also feel like, you know, these things are helpful, rough, helpful benchmarks, but that's all they are is benchmarks. When when in actuality, like you could you could be making more money per month on your space with a 50% occupancy rate than somebody who's making, you know, than somebody who has 90% occupancy rate. It's like so all these things are are only as helpful as they are actually helpful. And I always try to encourage people like don't don't get hung up on those things. Think about like what is the value that you are creating for your for your customer base? Who is your customer base? Like who is your ideal traveler, right? create right. and cultivate experiences for those people. Of course you'll get other people that aren't, you know, that ideal traveler, but I do feel like to, you know, use a, a marketing ism, Whitney, like personas, like not enough people in this space think a lot about like their traveler persona and like really trying to cultivate a space for a particular grouping of, of individuals. And if you nail it for them, you know, the, the fringes, the, the other people that end up coming into the space, they're going to enjoy it as well. So yeah, um, yeah, that is so true. I um have done a, 
a couple branding strategies for short-term rentals. And that's one of the first questions I always ask them is who, who are you trying to attract to this place? Let's start there. And like, what do you want their experience to be like? And then we can decide where to go from there. Yeah. So agreed. And the, and the, the worst answer that you can give to that to, 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 to Whitney, when she asks you that question is everybody, it's, it's a space <laughs> for everybody. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whoever's going to pay us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it could be, it, anyone could, could be, be here. Right. But that's, yeah. that's no way to, that's no way to design a marketing strategy. Well guys, Hey, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time. Um, I'm genuinely uh, impressed by kind of like what you guys are building and, um, I'm going to have links to your website and your Instagram handle and all that fun stuff in the show notes below. But if, is, is there anything, is there anywhere else you want folks to go or, um, how, what's like the best way to, for people to get in touch if they have questions and, or if they want to come stay at your space? Yeah. I mean, right now, front range, a frame, you can find, like you said it on our website or, um, Instagram and then emails, Whitney at frontrange.com. So we'll answer questions and we're happy to be on here. Thanks for hosting us, Zach. Yeah, Zach. Thank you so much. It was, it was really fun talking with you about this. Yeah, likewise. All right, folks, go on down to the show notes and connect with Whitney and Andrew and check out their website. Sign up for their email list too um, and go look at the copy that is the precursor to the form and be impressed by it because it's different. It's it's unique. Um, but guys, thanks. This has been, uh, been a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Thanks, Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.